Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. On a Tuesday, we do like to check in with Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, and talking through issues around finance, what money is when you are looking at things through a biblical lens. And today, a look at why money is so important to God. Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Always good to be with you. Alex, uh, what we're talking about today, you're believing that money is of critical importance to God, but many might argue that God's not concerned by money at all. He's more concerned with our salvation. So why do you believe money is so important to God? Mm, it's, it's, a big, it's a big claim, in a way, that, to say that money is very important to God. Uh, as believers, you know, we think about all sorts of other issues often, like, you know, we, we talk about going and uh, sharing love God with people, teaching them uh, about the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross so that we might be saved. So we, we tend to think of those as of, you know, the, the most important aspects of the Christian faith. And that money is kind of almost a secondary thing. And, and of course, there are a very wide range of views in the body of Christ about money. You know, some people see money as a bit dirty. You know, Christians should almost stay away from it um, and not have too much of it. That's a very common view. And then there's the other extreme at the other end, which says, uh, you know, how much money you have and is, is often a sign of how faithful you've been and so forth. So there's quite a lot of, you know, um, divergent views in, in the body of Christ. But what I... I guess I want to share here is that the reason why money is so important to God is because it's the ultimate heart issue. You know, the Bible tells us that the human heart is corrupt. And uh, when a, you have a corrupt heart and a wayward heart, it takes us away from God. And uh, many of the Bible passages uh, that talk about money are very much warning messages. You know, they talk about the potential dangers that money can have. And it's not so much that the Bible is critical of Christians having money. That's not the issue at all. It's more concerned by the potential impact that money can have on our attitude and on, uh, you know, on our relationship with God. That's what it's, you know, deeply concerned with. Because often how we use our money uh, and our attitude towards it reflects our relationship with him. You know, we're here on earth for a very, very short time, and we want to make that, that time count. And we know that when, we, uh, when ultimately Judgment Day comes, we're going to have to give an account for how we've lived our life. And that, of course, is going to include how we've stewarded our money. You know, It's not just a case of how we've used our time and our talents. It's also how we've used our treasure. And have we used them in a way that has glorified God? Have we used our money to fund things that are of eternal importance. You know, we talk about salvation as a primary uh, concern of, of God, but funding the advance of the gospel in order to allow for salvation is critically important. And so do we prioritize that in our life? You know, Christians are good with cliches. You know, we often say, you know, God is first in my life or he's Lord over all, etc. But here's the thing. Is he Lord over our money? As well, you know. So as I say, this is a it, it is a critical issue because it is a heart issue. You know how we use our money and our attitude is very much indicative of 
how we see God and how we relate to him. And uh, do we have a, a view that God is all important in my life and that's reflected in the way I use my money uh, as well. So it's a very, very important issue. Alex, what I think I can hear you say is that if you don't think God sees money as important, then you're not likely to think that money is important either. And you're talking about a connection here to an impact on our salvation. Uh, clearly not because this is a challenge to God's grace, but because, <laughs> but because sure uh, <laughs> you know, we're talking about this heart issue. So our salvation impacted by our attitude to money. Mm, yeah, and look, I'd, I'd give some ex- examples of it, two, two in particular. Um, as you say, um, money and, and giving money, you, you can't earn your way into heaven, right? That's, that's not possible, and that's, as you say, that's purely a work of God's grace. Um, but there's a couple of examples in, in the Bible, particularly the story of Zacchaeus. You know, we read about him in Luke 19. Zacchaeus was a, a wealthy tax collector. Uh, he, he'd been known for uh, ripping people off. And a very interesting interaction between Zacchaeus and Jesus. Now, I'll read out just a couple of short verses on it because then it's very interesting when you listen to Jesus' words. That's, that's the critical thing here. So I'll, I'll read it out. So it's Luke 19, and it's, it's verse 8 onwards, just for two verses. It said, But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So this is a really interesting thing. Why would Jesus say, Today salvation has come to this house. Why didn't he say, oh, that's a good idea, Zacchaeus. Yeah, go for for it. Give the money back. Instead, he said, no, today salvation has come to this house. So Jesus judged the reality of this man's salvation based on his willingness and eagerness to part with his money for God's glory and to to help other people. In other words, his actions were reflective of where his heart was. So it wasn't the act of giving money back and you know, giving to the poor, etc., that won him salvation. He didn't earn his salvation. It was the fact that those actions were a testimony of where his heart really was at. And so that's why, as I say, money is a hard issue and it can reflect uh, where we're really at with God and are we really right with God. And so, Alex, there's a certain sense here when we're talking about the repentant heart, there's something demonstrated in that, as we see in Zacchaeus, that restitution was a demonstration of that repentant heart. Perfect. Well, perfectly said. Repentance and restitution are are very key things for a believer. You know, repentance, obviously, meaning to turn around. So he's turned around and gone the other way and left his life of, of sin and cheating people. But not only did he repent, but he also made restitution by putting it right. In fact, he, he put it more than right. He was going to put people back in a better position than they were in before he cheated them. So absolutely. And that is the heart issue. And it's a challenge for believers because um, these concepts are very easy to say. But when you're faced with them, <laughs> where you have to repent of a you know, particular sin, maybe a dishonesty with money, and then you have to make restitution and put it right, that's actually quite a challenge. You know, it can be very embarrassing and all sorts of things. It is a real testimony to how seriously that we take it and we take Jesus' words. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a big one. 
You mentioned a second example. What's that one? Mm. Yeah, so the other one is the interaction between Jesus and the, the rich young ruler. And you see this across a few of the Gospels, but particularly, uh, you know, I'll read the one from Matthew 19. So here you have this interaction where this rich young ruler pre- approaches Jesus and says, you know, what teacher do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus says, you know, you've got to keep all the Ten Commandments. And this guy says, well, I've done all that. What, you know, what else do I have to do? And Jesus comes back to him, and this is, you know, reading it out now, the actual passage itself. It says, Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So here you have another heart issue on demonstration, but it's the opposite. Here's someone who was not willing to part with any of their wealth. They weren't willing to give it all up. And and, and therefore, we can see here that he was not right with God. So it's it, the as I say, the salvation issue is not that giving away all your money is going to get you into heaven. That's clearly not the case. But more that the heart attitude to withholding his money reflected the fact that he was still not right with God. That, that's the you know the assumption that I think we can make from that. But what it also says to us is that we need to check our hearts. You know, we need to guard our hearts from the love of money. You know, the Bible. Doesn't, it never says that money is the problem. You know, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's why we need to be so careful. And I think what's interesting, particularly about that passage with the rich young, young, young ruler, is if that guy was in our church, I think a modern day leader is more likely to say to him, you know what, just ask God into your life. You don't actually have to do anything. <laughs> um, that's what I think a lot of us would say. We'd, we'd, we'd want to pressure them. You know, we wouldn't want to turn away the potential offerings that they may bring in. So that's that's you know shows how we would act compared to Jesus. Whereas here, the Jesus is really clear that ultimately we need to live a surrendered life. And here is someone who ultimately was willing to do some things. You know, he was willing to keep the Ten Commandments, but when it came to his money, he wasn't willing to surrender. And that's a big challenge for us, I think, as believers. It's a scary thought to think that our attitude to our money can reflect whether or not we are indeed saved in the sense, you know, uh, have we really indeed said that Jesus is Lord of our life? Have we really handed it over? Have we really surrendered to him? Um, and so, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a really confronting uh, passage when you unpack it that way. I suspect we can't really say money isn't important to God uh, because of the number of times uh, we actually see money being discussed in the Scriptures. Uh, so he thinks it's important enough for us to understand that uh, it's there a lot of times for a lot of good reasons. Mm. And look, to be honest, this is, uh, you know, in my years of sort of teaching on this, this is the thing that surprises, I think, most believers to, to discover that money is the most talked about issue in the Bible. That, that's a confronting thought. There are roughly 2,350 odd verses between the Old and New Testaments. And roughly 15% of Jesus' recorded words are around money. So I often joke with pastors, I say to them, look, 15% of Jesus' uh, words were around money. That means roughly one in eight weeks in church, you've got to preach on money. And as you can imagine, that gets an interesting uh, reaction from them. Um, so, 
the point here is it's it's shocking to discover that there are twice as many passages on money than there are on faith and prayer combined. So the question should then be, well, okay, if there's that many passages, why is it? Like, why is it? And as I say, it comes back to this issue that God is very concerned about our heart towards money because our heart towards money is going to reflect our attitude towards him himself. And, you know, God created us as relational beings to relate to him. And what he doesn't want is that relationship to be distorted by money. And that's why so many of the passages in, in the Bible are, in fact, you know, warning messages. Um, as I say, they don't paint money in a dim light, but they're more a warning about what happens when we fall in love with it and we get seduced by it. Alex, we'll often talk about a person's character, a person of good character or a person with a flaw or two in their character. Uh, There's a certain sense here, I imagine, that money has to be connected with the way our character presents. Mm, Oh, very much so. Um, and look, you could you could break this down into a few different aspects of our character. I think um, probably the most obvious one that jumps to people's mind when they think of being a person of good character, you know, is are we honest with money? You know, are we honest with our interactions with people? And that could be from very small things. You know, the Bible says if you can be trusted with little things, you can be trusted with big things. So it could be as simple as you know you're in a you know you're in a retail setting and the person behind the counter gives you back the wrong change and you realise it and they've actually given you more back than what they thought. You know, do you keep the money or, or do you hand back and say, oh, actually, look, you've overpaid me. You know, that's that's it may sound very small, but it's actually a test of our character. It's a test of are we willing to be honest and transparent with people with our dealings. And of course, the other big one of course that people think about is your tax return you know it's it's perfectly reasonable and good stewardship to try and minimize your tax in ways that are perfectly legal that's acceptable and the tax office expects people to do that but what's not acceptable is when you don't declare things you hide your income and you do things that are dishonest Um, and so that uh, reflects very poorly on our character but it also reflects poorly on how we see God you know uh, often I think in the West we don't take sin seriously enough we don't we we, we talk to we, we talk about the love of God a lot but we don't talk about um, his attitude to sin and the fact that God is holy and he wants us to be holy we can't um, have bad character when it comes to money and probably the other big area when we think of character of course is generosity you know As believers, we need to live with an open hand. We can't withhold. And once again, this is the, I guess, the the character issue is that uh, when we withhold, that's reflective of the fact that we probably don't really trust God. You know, that's, you know, it's a sign of often fear uh, and it can be a sign of greed. You know, there's different things that may indicate. But the point is that living generosity is something that God uh, not, not only expects from us, he wants us to obviously give cheerfully, but um, it's a, an important characteristic of a believer to be a person that is willing to be generous, to part with what God has blessed you with so that you can build his kingdom and you can help others. Because there, you know, there are many people in our society in great need and a person of good character should be willing to part with that money and uh, to be a blessing to others. Alex, a little earlier on, you mentioned lordship and you said sometimes we're quite happy to mouth the words Uh, We'll make you, Jesus, Lord of our lives. But then we detach our money from that lordship. Any final thoughts as we wrap things up on this topic here, as uh, we talk about how God sees our money as important? Mm, Yeah, well, look, as I I sort of mentioned, I said, um, 
this idea that as Christians, um, we, we, we say that God is first in our life. Um, that's, you know, a common thing we say. And, and it's quite right. You know, when we read in Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And then also when you look in the Old Testament, we look at things like the first fruits and these kind of things. They all point back to the idea, you know, and there's other verses as well. But they all point back to this idea that God needs to be first in my life. But it's not first with some things. You know, sometimes it will say, oh, you know, I'll put God ahead of my relationships, my marriage and my friendships and all this stuff. For God is first with this. And, but money has to be included in that. And as I say, the reason why, we, you know, we mentioned before that the, the Bible talks so much about money is it can be such a barrier to our spiritual maturity and to our spiritual growth. And that's why, you know, I often ask the question to people, and I do it in a, you know, a friendly generic way, is that if God, if he's not Lord over our money and possessions, are we saying that he's not really Lord at all? Because the, the Christian concept here is that we need to surrender it all. You know, the Bible talks about this concept that we need to take up our cross uh, and to live a surrendered life for him. And... Uh, it's not just empty words. It's a real challenge. It's a it's a real it's a real battle. You know, if we're gonna, um, you know, take it seriously, the idea that we're gonna put Christ before all else, uh, we're gonna deny ourselves and take up our cross, then that will have a profound impact on the way we handle our money. In fact, Billy Graham, you know, he passed away what two or three years ago now. Amazing man. One of the things he often said was that. If you can get a man right with money, you can get him right with other areas of his life. In other words, money was such a serious issue that impacted people's lives. If you often got that right, you'd have a profound impact on other areas of their life and their relationships and all sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really important issue. And I think as believers, and I want to challenge people here because I want to leave people with, I guess, a, you know, a tougher than normal message is that, you know, we've got to remember we're actually going to give an account one day to God on what we've done with what he's given us. And he's blessed us in many different ways, especially in this nation. Uh, and we want to use uh, what we have to glorify him, uh, to build his kingdom, to bless others and help him and to put money in its rightful place so that it doesn't impact on our relationship uh, with the God that we love. Alex Cook, always wonderful wisdom. And uh, when you talk about money and the importance of it, uh, not so much talking about scenarios or practical examples today, but bringing this back to a biblical foundation for how we think about our relationship with money and our relationship with God. Let me point listeners to how they can connect with you, Alex, uh, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, the Wealth With Purpose website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Lots of good free resources to download from the website, free ebooks, the My Toolkit videos and podcast content, wealthwithpurpose.com. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There's even an Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email address as well. Alex, thanks so much for another great insight today on 2020. <music> 